Lord, this morning we remind ourselves that there is nothing more powerful than the name of Jesus. So we speak to disease, we speak to sickness and depression and anxiety, and we speak to relationship problems and financial situations. And we remind ourselves, there is nothing more powerful than the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee bows and every tongue confesses that He is Lord. I pray, Father, that as we begin to get into Your Word, that You would speak to us through Your Word, and You would change our hearts, start with mine. We don't want to leave you the same way we got here, so make us more like You. In Your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Every, every week we have folks that join us from all over the country online, and sometimes, every time, almost, I forget to say hi. So would you all welcome the folks that are joining us online. Thank you guys for being with us today. We're excited you're here. A couple of quick announcements. One, um, we are doing an Israel interest meeting immediately after this service right up here. So if you, if you might be interested in taking a trip with the church to Israel, we've never done one before. I've never been there. Uh, we had one meeting already after the first services. We had about 15 people sign up. And so um, if, you, if you'd be interested, the, tri the trip is going to be in May 2024. And um, it's going to be about, it's, it's kind of expensive, it's going to be about $5,500 a person, but it's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime, you know, deal. So if you'd like to get more info about that, just head, hang out here after service. Uh, second thing, on the other end of the building, uh, we have restrooms, the, the main restrooms on the other end of the building, and they've never been touched in, uh, I guess, about eight years that we've been in this building. And if you've ever been in there, you know they need to be touched, because when you go in there, you don't want to touch anything. You know what I mean? And so... Um, so we're going to start renovating those actually tomorrow at 9 a.m. So I know many of you work and all that, but if you're, if you're available, if you've got some time, we'd love to have some help. We're just going to be demoing and, and taking all that stuff out. Love to have your help. Uh, or, and then what we're going to do is we're going to renovate that other auditorium and so that it looks more like this. And so if you've ever been in there, it's got wood paneling. And I guess in the 60s, wood paneling meant you were rich, but I don't think it means that anymore. And so uh, we're going to get all that out. We're going to make that auditorium look more like this. So... Uh, we'll be doing, starting that tomorrow morning. Last thing, uh, every week, uh, we have a very, we have an incredibly generous church. And, and here at Mosaic, we live to give. And so every week, between all three services, in case you've ever wondered this, our average uh, uh, weekly offering is about $12,000. And I know that sounds like a lot of money, but let me show you what we have expenses, right? It's a lot. Um, but we did our legacy offering, and we did it for one week. Uh, in December, we do that every year, and we give all of the money away. And this year, we set a record. Um, this this year's legacy offering was uh, forty-six thousand six hundred and thirty-nine dollars and forty-six cents. So thank you. I was blown away when I saw that number. And uh, so we're going to continue kind of our lane that God has called us to do. And two in missions is orphanages and uh, special needs folks, uh, particularly in Mexico. And so we're going to continue in that lane. We're also going to do uh, some church planning stuff in Ireland uh, this year. So we'll talk more about that as we, as we go. So, so today we're going to continue this series we've been in, One Step. And, and I'm trying to encourage everybody to take one step in your journey with God. Your next step is going to be different probably than your neighbors because we're all in different places in our journey with God. And, and so everybody's is different. We all start at the cross, on our knees at the cross, proclaiming that Jesus and confessing that Jesus is Lord. But then that's not the end of a journey. That's actually the beginning of your journey. And there's an expectation of growth in the Bible that once you commit your life to Christ, God wants you to grow and take steps. And so last week, 
So the big idea for this series is simple. God wants me to grow. All right? So look at your neighbor and say that to them. Say, God wants me to grow. Now, don't say it's about time. Okay, don't say that. Just, <laughs> just, just accept what they're saying, all right? But that's, God wants all of us to grow, to continue growing. And so last week we talked about baptism, taking the step of baptism. And we had 10 folks uh, who were baptized last week. It was a really fun service. And then um, in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about reading your Bible, about tithing and generosity, about serving and about being a part of a church community. But today, uh, we're going to be talking about prayer. Now, the truth is, everybody prays. And uh, I can prove it to you. You don't have to be a follower of Christ to pray. You don't have to even believe in God to pray. Everybody prays. Um, during something like COVID, uh, there was, um, everybody was praying, right? The prayer lines were packed. But I, I, bet, I bet I know when you've prayed. You're driving down the highway. You're speeding. And you see a state patrol, right? And you're like, oh, God. And then you remember your tags are expired, God. So first we repent, God, I'm sorry. I've been meaning to get down there, God, but you know that the, they want emissions, and that takes a long time. I've been so busy, God, but please. Then you ask for the miracle. God, make him blind. Not forever. Just for the next few seconds, God. Don't let him see, right? We all pray. Everybody prays. And sometimes prayer you know, can be funny. Sometimes it's not funny, like when someone you love is sick and you, you're praying, or when you go in and you get some bad news from the doctor, or you get bad news at work, and e e even the most hardcore atheist among us, there's something wired in us. That person, you know, they're, it's all, they're getting ready to get in a car accident, right? What do they yell out? Do they, do they yell out, oh my universe, oh my mother earth, oh my energy field, oh my science, oh my Neil deGrasse, Oh my, Richard Hawkins. No, they don't. They, what do they say? They, we all say the same thing. Oh my God. Why do we do that? Because it's hardwired in us. God has wired us to connect with him. And so in a moment of stress and crisis, we just by default cry out to God. In my phone, I use Google Maps. So that's a, a screenshot from my phone. And I know some of you are looking down on me because you're saying, I use Waze and it's way better. Whatever. All right. So I like it. One of the reasons I like it is because no matter where I'm at in the country, I can push that one button, home, and it instantly draws me a path to get back home, shows me how to get back home. That's what prayer is. God has hardwired in us this opportunity to reconnect with him instantly and find our way back home. Now, prayer is not easy. It can even become routine. When I was a kid, uh, we were not Christians. We did not have any kind of church, anything. And, but we had this prayer that we would pray before we ate, and it was this, Dear Lord, thank you for our food and our health. Amen. And my parents would make us take turns praying for the food, and sometimes I would get in trouble because I would say it fast because I wanted to eat. And so my mom would make me say it again, and that second one was not sincere. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dear Lord. And my brothers were already eating. Thank you for this, right? Or my, my uncles came up with a prayer that I really liked. It was this. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, whoever eats the fastest eats the most. Amen. I like that one. <laughs> my mom would never let us say that one. Sometimes it's hard to stay focused when you pray. When I was in Bible college, uh, Monica de Jesus 
was in Bible college with us. And, and when we were in Bible college, sometimes they would have us stand in a circle and all hold hands and pray. Have you ever done that? And, and there was this, this girl that was in our Bible college. I don't want to say her name in case she's watching online or someone knows her, but whenever we would pray, Destiny would... Um... <laughs> Sorry, Destiny. Uh, she would talk with her hands a lot when she talked anyway. She was very animated. But when we would pray, she'd start with her hands. So she'd be like, God, and we're holding hands. God, please, please. And so I'm there trying to connect with my creator. And I'm like, you know what I mean? It's distracting. It was hard to focus. And I was worried that she was going to pull my shoulder out of my socket. So then I thought, well, maybe if I pray alone, that would be better. But has anybody tried to pray? And then the next thing you hear is, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What are we talking about? You just want me to rest in you. Okay, yeah, like, it's, it's, raise your hand if you've ever had a hard time praying, right? It's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge for all of us. The reason it's a challenge is because it goes against what our flesh wants. Our flesh, this, this person that we are, wants the easiest road. And connecting with God in a spiritual way is difficult. And maybe, maybe you feel guilty because you don't pray enough. I saw this, I saw this quote uh, by Billy Graham. Billy Graham was an evangelist who was really active in the 60s, 70s, and even in the 80s. And he would do these big stadium crusades. Billy Graham has preached live, like I am right now, in person to more people around the world than anyone who has ever lived. Anyone. He, uh, he's had more than 2.5 million commit their lives to Christ at his stadium crusades. And his estimated lifetime audience on TV and radio was over 2 billion. So it's like God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, Billy Graham, pretty much, all right? <laughs> Best friends, okay? This is what he said near the end of his life. He said, my only regret in life is that I didn't study my Bible more and that I wasn't a man of prayer. When I read that, I was like, well, shoot. If Billy Graham didn't pray enough, the rest of us are in trouble. You know what I mean? Like, so, so, so maybe, maybe more prayer is, is the key for you. I mean, if the last time you prayed was when you were packing beans in your bottles of water during Y2K, you might need to pray more, okay? But maybe what we really need is more effective prayer. Look what Jesus' brother James says. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you might be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So first he tells us to confess our sins to each other Pray for each other so we can receive healing. We pray to God for forgiveness of our sins, but then we speak and pray with each other for healing. That's why small groups are so important, because you're working around other people, and that's how we receive healing. So first, I want you to look at your neighbor and confess the worst thing you've ever done. Go ahead. Just kidding. Don't do that. All right. But let's focus on that second, that second sentence. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I like things that are effective. The dictionary says that effective is successful in producing the desired result. That's what I want. I ha have you, who's ever had a car that when you went to turn it on, you didn't know if it felt like going anywhere that day? You know what I mean? You didn't know. Raise your hand if you've ever had a car like that. My, Diane and I have had several, right? You get in there, God, please. You know, I mean, right? I like my cars to be effective. I like my refrigerator to be effective. I want it to cool my almond milk so I can eat my cinnamon toast crunch, right? I want my fridge. I want my electric razor to be effective. 
Mother Nature did most of this part herself. I got to do all this. I want it to look good so that I look, you know, it's the best I can do, okay? I like my debit card to be effective, okay? I, I want some strong energy in that debit card. You know what I mean? Have you ever handed it over not knowing for sure what was going to happen? That'll make you pray, right? You're like, oh God, please. <laughs> that you will be done. You know what I mean? Like, I'm on a date. I want her to date me again, please, right? I want my prayers to be effective in that same way. Because it's one thing to, to, to want your debit card to be effective. But I need God to show us I need God to show us how to pray effective prayers because I have friends who need God to move in their lives and when I pray for them I want my prayers to be powerful and effective that's what I want for you I want when you pray for your family that your prayers are powerful and effective you will learn more about God at 3 o'clock in the morning in an emergency room than you'll ever learn in this church and when you're in that moment and your kid is in the ER and you're there's nothing to do but pray I want those prayers to be powerful and effective. I want when you pray that God does something. So we're going to look at the ingredients of an effective prayer. How do we pray effective prayers? Jesus tells a story that teaches us these ingredients. Luke chapter 18. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who, feared, who neither feared God nor cared about what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time, he refused. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow, this widow keeps bothering me, I'll see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice or get their prayers answered and quickly. So in this story, we see the ingredients of effective prayer. The first one is pressure. This lady is under pressure. This widow, uh, she's been done wrong. By someone my girl she's been done dirty by somebody somehow maybe they stole from her maybe they harmed her some way and so she's wanting justice she feels the pressure of the injustice when we're feeling the pressure of life maybe it's a situation we weren't expecting that'll make us pray maybe there's a diagnosis or maybe you're having a challenge with a teacher or a professor maybe you have a relationship falling apart maybe there's a financial mess or a situation at work maybe your students are driving you crazy. Maybe your kids are struggling. When we have that kind of stress and pressure, it causes us to pray. And look how God reacts when we call out in distress. This is what David said. Psalm 18, verse 6. From his temple he heard my voice. In my distress I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. My cry came before him into his ears. So David says, when I cried out to God in pain or distress, anxiety, God heard me. Sometimes we get frustrated because we feel like God's not listening or God hasn't heard us. But there's not a parent in here. If you heard your child cry out in pain or distress, you would drop, you would not, there's not a parent in here that wouldn't drop everything and run to them. And God is no different. When we cry out in distress, he hears it so that pressure is the first ingredient the second 
is passion. Have you ever been around someone that was just so passionate about everything it made you uncomfortable? Like they're loud? Do you have that friend that's loud all the time? And you're like, turn it down. Some of you are thinking of one of your kids. You're like, oh my God, my husband, he do it, right? I had a friend, he would tell me, I'm not angry, I'm just Italian. Like he was just, right? And I'd be like, dude, well you're making this Mexican very uncomfortable, right? Turn it down a little bit, right? Turn down the passion, turn down the noise. There's nothing wrong with being passionate when we pray. God knows us, he knows how he, he designed us. But, but I love this line. He says, I'll see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Do you see that? He's like, this lady is going to wait for me behind a dark alley and she's going to jack me up. She's going to come up behind me, pull a shank out of her sock and stab me with it. I got to give her what she wants so she doesn't come and eventually, because she's so passionate, she doesn't come and attack me. Isn't that a funny thing to put in the Bible? Like, this judge is like, I'm scared of this lady. She's intimidating, she's got those crazy eyes, and I'm, I'm scared of her, right? Her passion wears the guy down. Third piece, persistence. Pressure, passion, persistence. God wants us to keep praying. Some people call it praying through. We're going to pray through. No matter how my kids are responding, we're going to pray. No matter how my financial situation is or isn't changing, we're going to pray. No matter what my work situation is like, we're going to pray. I'm going to keep praying. Even when someone doesn't seem like they're changing, even when my teacher's still giving me a hard time or my students don't get it together, I'm going to keep praying. Have you ever prayed for something or some situation and it seemed like it got worse? And you're like, man, maybe I should stop praying for this. Right? My boss is still crazy. My kid is acting more like the devil. Like this doesn't seem to be, to be working. This widow, she bangs on the door, bangs on the door, bangs on the door every day, every day. Grant me justice, grant me justice. And look what it says. For some time he refused. We don't know how long that was. The, the message Bible says this went on and on. The King James says for a while. So all we know is it went on and on for a while, right? She keeps coming. She won't leave this guy alone. When he gets to work, she's there. When he goes to lunch, she's sitting by his car. When he, he would leave for the day, she follows him to her car. This was before restraining orders, so he had no relief, okay? Every day he gets a couple of emails from her. Every day he gets a couple of voicemails from her. Every day he gets a couple messages with his secretary. This lady will not leave him alone. Have you ever had somebody bag up? bother you and bug you and bug you and ask you for the same thing over and over and over. If you're a mom, the answer is yes. Because being a mom sometimes feels like this. Lewis, 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 mom, 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 mommy, 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 mama, 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 ma, ma. Ma, ma, mom, 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 mommy, mommy, mama, mama, mama. What? Hi. <laughs> there is some mom that just had a flashback <laughs> to this morning, <laughs> right? Now, now you have a small idea of what that felt like to be that judge. Every day this lady, every day this lady, 
banging on the door. Give me justice. Give me justice. Give me justice. Now imagine what it felt like to be the lady. We, we, we see she's a widow, so we assume she's older, but that might not necessarily be true. But she's been waiting for some time, for a while, for a long time. This thing goes on and on. What's the longest you've ever waited for something before you got angry? So um, Diane and I, we went to have dinner in Fort Collins a few years ago. And um, we sat down, they got our drinks and took our order. And then uh, nothing was happening. Does anybody else ever notice who sat down after you? Does anybody else, is it just, not just me? Okay. And then you start seeing, well, they got their, they got their food. And Diane's like, it's fine. You know, she's like so chill, just relax. And I'm like, okay, okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. They're done eating. I know. It's okay. It's fine. Now they're done eating, like we, and we hadn't even gotten our food. So it was about 45 minutes. We're sitting there and waiting and waiting, and finally the waitress came over. And I, 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 will, I never treat waitresses bad, or I mean, I'm not like that. Uh, but I was kind of like, oh, you know, she's like, can I get you anything else? I was like, I don't know, my food, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> and so they, the manager came back a few minutes later and said, your, your order slip fell behind the counter, so they haven't even started making your food yet. And I was like, oh. She goes, but everything's on the house. You know how my attitude changed? <laughs> oh, it's fine. Take your time. You know what? I'm going to change my order. <laughs> Sometimes we wait and we wait. Have you ever waited for a raise that you were supposed to get or a promotion and it's past due and you're thinking, what's going on? And we wait and we wait and we wait and we start to get frustrated. We start to get cynical. And here's the big challenge, the big problem is when we're waiting on God to do something and we say, you have the power to do this and you're not doing it. And you know what we do? We sit in judgment over him. And we say, because if I was you, I would have done it already. Therefore, I'm better than you. That's what we're really saying. But we don't see the whole picture. We see one tiny sliver of what's happening and we say, God, fix this. And God says, I'm gonna fix this, but you don't understand everything that's going on around it. But more important than fixing this is I wanna fix you. I want to build character in you because God's more concerned about your character than he is about your comfort. That was good, Angel. Say it again. Okay. God cares more about your character than your comfort. And when we get to heaven someday and we we're able to look back on everything that God did and didn't do, I promise you, you're going to say, he did it right. What he did was perfect. But in the moment, it's hard to see. So all he's inviting us to do right now, when we can't see the whole picture, is he says, keep showing up. Jesus is telling us, keep showing up. Keep banging on the door. You know what he's saying? Keep banging on my door. The last piece, our prayer needs to be focused on Jesus. I almost did a cool pastor thing, pressure, passion, persistence. Couldn't think of something, that, a way to say focused on Jesus with a piece. So just, there it is. All right, sorry. This story is not a comparison between the judge and God. It's a contrast. God is saying, if this unjust judge will do the right thing when this woman keeps showing up, how much more would I, a loving father, hear my kids when they cry out and they pray? But part of the ingredient to making this happen is persistence. Keep showing up. And Jesus is saying, I want you to stay focused on me. This lady was focused on this judge. She would not think about anything but this judge. 
Jesus says, that's how I want you to be with me. So when things are going good, Jesus says, focus on me every single day. When things are going bad, focus on me every single day. When, when your prayers are being answered, focus on me every single day. When, when your prayers are not answered and I'm silent, focus on me every single day. When you feel my presence, focus on me every single day. When I feel distant and far away and you feel dry, focus on me every single day. So how do we do this? Angel, I'm convinced. I, I, I want to learn how to pray effective prayers. Where do I start? I'm glad you asked me that because this is our week of prayer. We started yesterday morning at 9, and we're going to continue. We're going to have prayer tonight at 6, and then tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., Tuesday night at 6 p.m., Wednesday morning, 6 a.m., Thursday night, 6 p.m. The reason we did that is we wanted to give as many different windows so that you could hopefully arrange your schedule and make it to one or two. That would be awesome, all right? So I want to invite you, if you can, come and, and make it to one or two. Right? Just tell your boss you overslept one day. You do it all the time. So he's not going to be surprised. All right? Now, what we're going to do during these prayer meetings, um, they're each going to last right at three hours. I'm just kidding. It's an hour, okay? See? Some of you are like, three hours, I'm out. Okay. One hour. You could do one hour, right? And you might be thinking, well, I don't think I could pray for an hour. Like, I don't know how to pray for an hour. I will teach you. Okay? We're going to come. We're going to get together. We're going to do some different patterns of prayer. And so I'm going to walk you through how to pray through the Lord's Prayer, through the prayer of Jabez, through tabernacle prayer, different patterns of prayer. So we attack this whole prayer thing in different ways. If you come, I promise you're going to get closer to God. If you come, you're going to have some new tools in your toolbox on how to pray. Because this last thought I think is important. Prayer prepares us for the fight. You have a fight coming. I wish I could tell you that wasn't true. But there is a phone call coming at some point. There's a conversation coming at some point. There's a visit you're not expecting. And when it does, and your world gets rocked, prayer gets us ready. Prayer strengthens us. Prayer gets us prepared so that when those moments happen, we're ready to fight. This is how we fight. Prayer. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for giving us this story and this invitation to show up and to passionately, under pressure, knock on your door. To show up and knock and knock and not give up. I pray, Lord, that as we, as we arrange our schedules and look at our situations, Lord, that, that we can make it at least one night or one morning this week and that you would meet us here. You would connect with us. You would strengthen us and make us more like you. We trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand and sing this last chorus with us? What a beautiful name it is What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus Christ my King What a beautiful name it is Nothing compares to this What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus What a beautiful name
that song and one of the choruses says, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. There, there is power in the name of Jesus. And if you're here this morning and you haven't connected to that power yet, if, you're, if, if you haven't given your life to Christ yet, the whole reason that the Mosaic Church exists is to connect people to Jesus and help them grow in their faith. If that's you this morning, we're going to say a very simple prayer right now and there's nothing special about the words, it's your heart behind it. I'm going to ask everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes, and I want everybody to repeat this prayer after me so nobody feels singled out or embarrassed. Pray, dear Jesus, this morning I give you my life. Thank you for dying for me on the cross, for taking my sin on you. I pray you'd wash me, make me new. Help me to walk this new walk. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, if you said that prayer for the first time this morning, I just want to say welcome to the family of God. We are so excited for you. If you would take out your smartphone and scan this QR code and click where it says new believer, uh, we have a gift we want to send you. We know that saying the prayer is just the first step in that. And so we want, we want to send you a gift to help you take some of the next steps in your faith with Christ. Um, but also, if this is your first time here, we want to say welcome. We're so glad that you joined us this morning. If you would also scan this QR code and click on first-time visitor. We want to know that you joined us this morning. We are so excited that you are here, but uh, we have a little gift that we want to send you also. Um, and this QR code can do a lot of other things, so go ahead and scan it. Everybody, yeah, just go ahead and scan it. Um, but yeah, so we just have a couple, couple quick announcements uh, before we dismiss this morning. Uh, Angel already mentioned these, but I just want to reiterate uh, this. Uh, from today through Thursday, we're having prayer at the church. It's kind of the times are every other, so tonight it's at 6, tomorrow's at 6 a.m., um, and then 6 p.m., 6 a.m., 6 p.m. Okay, um, but we would love for you guys to come out. Uh, hopefully that you can make it to more than one, but at least one. We'd love to see you there. Um, and then immediately after service, um, if you are interested in going to, the, going to Israel with the church in 2024, um, right after service, just come up to the front. We're going to have a small... Uh, interest meeting, talk about it, what that's going to look like, and things like that. Um, but we're going to go ahead and continue in the spirit of worship with this morning's offering. Um, and I was, man, I was blown away by the legacy offering this year. I am so proud of you guys. I'm so proud to be a part of this church that is so generous. Thank you guys so much. That was incredible. And if you're new to Mosaic, uh, one of the things that's so incredible about that is we don't have, we're not a part of a denomination. We don't have an overseers or anything like that. Everything that happens at this church happens because of this time in the service right now. It happens because of you guys. And so I'm just so proud of you. I'm so proud to be part of this church. But if you, um, if you're giving this morning, there's several ways you can give. You can give in person. There's a black box out in the foyer. You can give online at greenmosaic.com. You can text any amount to 84321, or you can download the church center app and give on that, but I would encourage you, whatever God places on your heart this morning to give, to just stay faithful to that. We would never tell you how much to give or anything like that. We would just tell you to ask God, and whatever he says, follow that. So let's pray over this morning's offering. Father, we thank you for today, God. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives and the life of this church. Thank you for this legacy offering that we're going to give away to bless others. Thank you for, for letting us be a part of such a generous church. We pray over this morning's offering that you would take it, that you would multiply it, that you would continue to advance your kingdom everywhere Mosaic is active, Father. Thank you for letting us be a part of everything that you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, with that, have a great, great week. We will see you next Sunday.